What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Apartment 113 podcast, where we talk with cool folks in the cannabis and psychedelics industry to learn about their projects and celebrate their successes. My name is Rob Sanchez, and this is episode 32. We're joined today by Caesar Marin, the owner of Cultivating Wisdom. Cultivating Wisdom is a lifestyle and apparel brand dedicated to and advocating for psilocybin microdosing and the destigmatization of psychedelic medicine. Caesar is bringing over 20 years of TV production experience to the table, along with his passion for helping others find healing in psychedelics. Find out more at caesarmarin.durable.co and enjoy the show. Caesar, welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you. Rob, thanks so much for the invitation. I'm truly honored and humbled to to be here to be able to chat with you and share stories. It's 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 a great feeling. Yeah, we were a table away at the ben, at the Benzinga Psychedelics Conference. A few of those opening sessions. It was a good time to kind of uh, get a barometer on the industry for me. I had not been to any uh, business conferences for the space yet, so it was an eye opener. I think, indeed. It definitely was. Benzinga was, was again, one of those um, wonderful experiences where people in the space can really come together and be open and talk about what's going on and, again, make these connections, which, which, is, which is what it's about. Yes, yeah, and I know that uh, there have been a few more conferences since then. Um, a big one in Denver just happened this summer as well. Um, did, you, did you make it over to that one? We were. We were at Psychedelic Science in Denver, which was a magical, magical event. It's funny. It's like I tell people... It was 13,000 people at a psychedelic event of which 95% of them weren't there to get high. They were there to cultivate wisdom. They were there to have wisdom cultivated in them about psychedelics, about where it's going. Um, but of course, someone would have said, oh, a psychedelic conference is about you know, Grateful Dead people getting high. And No, it's, it's, about, it's about education. These, these conferences are truly about education and about poking at people's childhood curiosity of the potential healing power through plant medicine. Right. Kind of showing what some of that potential is. Um, Coming from the cannabis space, I've been in the cannabis industry for about a decade now, and it is very different on the psychedelic side of the fence. Um, Already, you can tell there's a feeling of um, like a pharmaceutical-like focus and really a focus on healing and the therapeutic aspects. It's not a a view at, you know, how quickly can we get pre-rolls available recreationally for the, for the city. It's a, um, a much different, I think, more careful approach, which uh, having dabbled in psychedelia myself, I think I'm glad that the industry's taking that stepped approach, um, as I don't want it to be so accessible um, to potentially overdose or, right, you can't necessarily overdose, but you could have a damn scary experience that perhaps you're not ready for or that integrating afterwards is going to be real heavy for a few days. Um but I, I was I was really surprised to see the yeah the angle and see the doctors that were showing up and some of the you know the businesses that were getting involved already. It's it's sure to be a promising space. That's that's really that's a great observation that you've made, Rob. Because it's that's that's what it's about. I think the cannabis industry grew so fast, so big. It's such a monumental pace 
that mistakes were made, right? Mistakes were made. And I would hope that the psychedelic space doesn't do the same thing, right? That it's sort of one of these situations where you take a step, you take a deep breath, you've integrated where you've gone, you've integrated where you've happened, and, and you move forward. It's, you know, for me, you know, the fact that you can go into a gas station now and get cannabis products um, is, is I, hope that, I hope that doesn't happen with psychedelics because, like you said, it's, this is, they have to be taken with respect. They have to have some yeah. intention. And again, if your intention is to get high, well, then make sure you're in a container that's safe, that, that situation. But for the most part, the fact that, like you said, that there's a lot of healing properties in psychedelics and that hopefully the movement forward is to find those healing potential and that we help people heal with all the mental anguish and mental instability and um, you know, mental imbalance that we have in the world that hopefully psychedelics can somehow help um, a lot of people. Right, that corner we're about to turn. And before you kind of reached this point, um, where did you begin, I guess, in your career? And kind of how did psychedelics um, you know, present themselves to you or how did you stumble upon them? That's, that, that's, a, that's a great question because it, it was a bit of a stumble. Uh, <laughs> about uh, this time last year, um, I was a producer at CNN. I was a TV producer at CNN. I'd been there for 25 years. Um, and someone very close to me has a psychedelic experience. And they call me and they're like, oh, my God, it was amazing. You don't understand. I felt a child. I looked at my children. I found them, just realized why they're so wonderful. I looked at my husband and was like, that's why I fell in love with him. It was the 4th of July. The fireworks were going off. And I was like, wow, holy cow, that's, that's amazing. And, 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 and as some people know, at the time, I was battling a cannabis addiction. Um, I think cannabis is a beautiful medicine. It's, it's a wonderful medicine. It heals and has a potential to heal a lot of people. But if you are, have an addictive personality uh, like I did, and, and it's not the substance, it's the, it's the addict itself that's, that's the problem, um, I had found myself that cannabis was controlling me. I wasn't controlling the cannabis, and that's where the problem of the addict is. Um, Hell so, yeah. That can- cannabis consumption is a slippery slope. At, it is. If you get past a certain point um, with, with daily use or... Regular use is Regular kind use. of a, there's like a, a, a draw to it still, even though it's not quite a withdrawal, there's like an attitude shift and kind of a, like a dopamine issue, I think, with like enjoying things and kind of really mm. focusing mm. once you consume too long, I feel, or if you're not tolerating or moderating, that's. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, mm. and for me, for me, literally it was escapism. You know what I mean? It was escapism from a bit of reality, right? It's, it was, you know. Whether I was content or I not content in my job, whether it was like, you know what, I don't want to deal with my problems, whether it's just, you know what, I'm just going to get high. So again, like I said, the issue wasn't the cannabis. The issue was myself, right? Hmm. So, you know, at this time, like I said, I was, I, I was, I was, I was you know, hooked on this, on this, on this road. Uh, and a couple of weeks later, I'm on a bike ride in Atlanta and a friend of mine, he looks like a child. He just looks like he's got this smile from ear to ear. And I'm like, dude, like what, you know, what's up? And he goes, no, I just had some mushrooms and I feel like a child again. And I was like, why are these mushrooms calling me? Like, why all of a sudden I've never, you know, really had discussions about psychedelics. I've never really, you know, thought about them. And all of a sudden they're presenting themselves, you know, in in places that I really didn't know that they would come up. Um, And I said, hey, so do you know where I can get these mushrooms? And he says, well, these bikes don't pay for themselves. And I was (laughs) like, okay, I get it. I get it. Um, So it was about, it was about Halloween last year where the first time I tried psilocybin, the first time I tried mushrooms, I tried chocolate bar. And I only have a piece. I have a really, really small square. Yeah. As you know to me, I had a microdose, right? That was literally a microdose, but I didn't know. I didn't know any better. I thought it was like cannabis. You smoke a little bit and you get high. I didn't think you had to smoke the whole joint. 
to get high. I didn't think <laughs> I had to eat the whole cat, the, the whole you know chocolate bar to get high. So my first sort of situation with with psychedelics was was a bit. I had a smile, right? I had a smile. I felt okay, but it wasn't like you know. And the addict in me was like, okay, where was the high? Like, where's the hallucination? Uh. Where's like the you know? Where's like what we were looking for? And I was like, it was crazy because I think that any other substance, Rob. The next day, I would have said, okay, let's try again. Let's see, you know, the, the psilocybin, the psychedelics were like, no, just, you know, don't, don't worry about it. It's okay. And, and the chocolate bar sat there. The next week, I have half of the chocolate bar. Um, it was the Monday before Halloween, and that was truly what I call my awakening. It kind was of pulled moment, up that anchor for the first time, huh? It was that moment where I was like, wait a minute, this is what my hands feel like, and this is what it feels like to breathe and that's what the green looks like and look at the yeah. air and look at the bikes and imagine it was like Halloween so all the houses are decorated so I'm getting all these visuals and all this wonderfulness feeling and it's just wow this is crazy but it was amazing because as I drove home imagine I'm, I'm driving while I'm under the influence of psychedelics I'm driving home and there was this awakened consciousness that said why are you driving this way like why and I know that if it was any other thing, if it was alcohol, I would have been like, hey, I'm driven worse than this. It made it home. I'm okay. <laughs> if it was cannabis, it might have been like, ah, oh, you know what? Just light up another one. There's no cops around. We'll be good. But it was this, wait a minute. What are you doing? So it was that moment that I get home as a journalist. I go, wait a minute. What just happened? What happened mm. to me? What was it that I felt? And I start to realize, wait a minute. People are using psychedelics as medicine. And they're using it for depression. And they're using it for anxiety. And they're using it for PSD. And wait, what is this microdosing thing? Wait, microdosing? People are using microdosing to help curb their dependency to different substances, their addictions? I was like, and it was funny because the heart right away said, did you hear that? Did you read that? And the brain was like, no, 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 don't worry about that. Just keep reading. <laughs> don't, it's okay. <laughs> next don't sentence. Don't worry about it. Next yeah. sentence, please. The, the next chapter, you don't need to read that. We, we already know enough. But it was the heart that said, maybe that's it. Maybe that is the elixir. Maybe through microdosing. You can stop this cannabis addiction. You can stop this sort of wake up, get high, go to work, get high, after work, get high, go to supermarket, high. And it was, and it was, it was amazing because I went in with a bunch of intentions. I really did my research on microdosing. I didn't microdose because whatever. I, I really dug deep and looked and found out what protocols were and how much to dose and how you needed to be really strict and how you needed to journal and how there needed to be intentions and how you needed to integrate what you've learned so it wasn't just I'm going to take something and it's going to make my life better. No, it was, there was going to be some work to be done. But it opened me up to such a way that I was like, okay, I'm ready to do the work. And that's how I started to microdose. That's how, and it, and it just so happens that at that time, I was working at CNN. CNN, Warner Media gets bought out by Discovery. And I get the sense that the writing is on the wall, that there's going to be board meetings with spreadsheets and they're going to go, number 58, how long has he been here? How much is he making? Starting to crunch, huh? Exactly. Yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Maybe we can cut some fat there. And, and I was open to it. I was hoping when, when, when I started to microdose, one of my first big intentions was like, what happens after CNN? I'm not going to really be here till 65. And they're going to roll me down the stairs and go, thank you for your services. Or like, what's going to happen? Um, and it and, and really opened up these possibilities of what, can, what could happen. And you know, as I start to microdose and I start to feel great and I start to feel good about myself, I go, you know what, I want to manifest the fact that I'm using psychedelics, that I'm microdosing to, to get better. And everywhere I looked, if it was a t-shirt or everything, it was very psychedelic. It was very tie-dye. It was very trippy. It was very stonery-ish. And, and I was like, you know what, if me, a guy that's 55, right? and I love tie-dye, don't get me wrong. 
I think tie-dye is beautiful. I think there's really wonderful art. But if I wear something like that, and I go, hey, you should try psychedelics because they're really great. What are they going to say? He's a stoner. He's a hippie. He's it's hard to avoid those balls. kind of societal tags at that point, man. Yeah, I, f- I feel you. I've got messy, unkempt dreads. I'm mm-hmm. kind of dealing with that stigma around every yeah. corner. Kind of, yeah. I think I'm used to it at this point, but I definitely understand that With even with tie-dye, I mean, there's a time and place probably, you know. There's a stage, right? <laughs> yeah, no, correct. So it was for me, it was like, okay, can I offer something that's clean, that looks a bit organic, that can also start conversations, that it's not just some mushroom, right? That yeah, it sort of, it right. starts conversation. That's why, look, one of our lines is a shirt like this. It says microdosing. Why? Because that opens up conversations. Someone says, wait, you microdose? I've heard about that. I've read about that. Can you cultivate me with some of your wisdom so I can smile like you're smiling? Or someone says, wait. I've got a black version of that shirt upstairs. (laughs) I love it. Thank you, brother. For our listeners, it's like a Scrabble board spelled out with microdosing in the front. Um, We'll have links to it in the show notes. I appreciate that, Rob. And and again, or someone who is microdosing and they say, hey, you microdose, so do I. How's it going? It was funny. A couple weeks, a couple months ago. Exactly. A couple months ago, I was in a supermarket and some woman comes up to me and she goes, do you microdose? And I went, uh, yeah, how can you tell? Because of my smile? She goes, no, because of your shirt, dumbass. I was like, okay, fair enough, fair enough. And <laughs> oh, she said, I thought there do. was this aura about me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And she said, you know what's crazy is that before microdosing, I used to have a bottle of wine every day. I'd come home and crack open that bottle, have a glass because I wanted to forget my work. I wanted to sort of not deal with my kids. You know, I had the second glass and I'd forget why I was drinking. And then by the third glass, because I didn't want to leave a little bit in the bottle, I forgot everything. And now I microdose and now I'm more present for my husband. I'm more present for my kids. I'm more present at work. It's, it's, it's beautiful. So that was the idea of, my, of, of cultivating wisdom. So I, I start this apparel brand with the mission of starting conversations, with the mission of giving people an opportunity to wear something that say, hey, you know what? Psychedelics have changed my life. Psychedelics have truly changed my life for the better. And I'm using them responsibly, right? I'm using them as a performance enhancer for my life because it makes me feel more in tune with who I am. It makes me feel more authentic. It makes me feel more creative. It makes me feel more empathetic. I'm just a better person through it. So that was the idea of cultivating wisdom, the apparel brand. As we start to grow, um, I realized that this could be some type of platform. It could be some type of movement in this psychedelic revolution through education, through honest conversations, and that's sort of where we're moving into now. I'm moving into a space of helping guide and helping coach people my age, my generation, Generation Xers, who are dealing with a lot. They're dealing with a lot of situations, and microdosing might help them to sort of balance themselves out a little bit. So that's where we're moving. That's where we're moving, cultivating wisdom next, to sort of have some type of educational platform to help people, um, again, realize that there is great potential through psychedelics and healing. And, and, and my, my mission or my path to walk is to poke at people's childhood curiosities. It's like I tell people, Rob, don't microdose because I'm microdosing. Please don't do that. Microdose because you've done some education, you've, 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 you've learned, you've done some research, you've talked to people, you know, you sat with, organi- you know, with people who were microdosing, and then make your decision. But it's, but it's education. It's sort of poking at that childhood curiosity that there yeah. is some great healing. Yeah. There's that psych, uh, psychological determination or determinism, I think is what it is from Hamilton's Correct. Pharmacopoeia. Uh, Correct. Hamilton talks about that. You know, it's really your intentions going in are going to shift really the, 
the effects of that substance, like the trip, the experience, it could drastically shift it. Uh, and that's and that's where that a little little bit of preparation, a little bit of understanding on the microdose mm-hmm. side, mm-hmm. or a good journaling routine already. There's Definitely. some of those things that are I feel like are necessary to psychedelia, and that's why I'm thankful um, for the therapy side and for the industry. I've kind of I discovered psychedelics in the underbelly of society mm-hmm. in like warehouse parties and yeah. um, the the dark corners of Minneapolis. Um, mm-hmm. So I had a great time, but I also had some extremely frightening times and like harrowing mm-hmm. journeys that were just um, really impossible to get over. Even like waking up the next day is like immediately calling like a brother or somebody and just trying to be like, oh god. I'm just happy to hear your voice, man. <laughs> like yeah. last night was crazy. So I like some of that I stumbled into maybe too deep and found the abyss or like was escaping with the, mm-hmm. with the substance. Mm-hmm. At that point though, I, I did tone back and started to experiment with microdosing and uh, about like every two to three days, I think I was at 0.3 to 0.5 grams. Okay. And um, nice. man, for about those about a hundred days, it was like a catalyst in my in my life. I feel like I shook a, probably like a half a decade depression and kind of anxiety bend in about a three months. And I moved out of state, applied for new jobs out of the, like out of the state and, you know, escalated my profession and ping ponged around the country a few times. And just really, I think I like found my footing because of it, honestly. And, you know, since then I, you know, I dabble with microdosing of course, but I never really macrodose um, anymore. I've kind of feel like I'm there. Like I've, um, I heard Ram Das say at one point that, you know, you answer the phone all the time, but eventually you know what that, you know, what's on the other line. Um, so it's like, you don't need to always have the conversation, but that, that benefit of the connection that comes from microdosing, I think is still so prevalent and, you know, being able to return to that or to go to centers and have that therapy, I think would be so valuable um, not only for myself, you know, in, in coming years and as life ways, yeah. but like for everyone else, man, just thinking of folks in my family and just uh, people on maybe like an array of medications or that have mm. dealt with some hardships. There's definitely a um, like a core running through psychedelia of just like joy and authenticity that sure. I think brings that kind of childhood feeling. The best way I can maybe explain it is... Um, on an acid trip one time, I was getting ready to go play in the snow and I was standing in the entryway putting like, kind of like sometimes with that, you could, your body's a little melty. So it was a little difficult, but I was trying to get my winter coat on and like put my gloves on. And I just had this crazy feeling of like nurturing or like being a toddler and having your family like suiting you up to go play in the snow, you know? And I'm like yes, yes. 28 years old, mm-hmm. like <laughs> going to play in the snow alone, like like a tear drops down my eyes, like, dude, just beautiful. So I think there's some, there's something to that, like childhood joy that adulthood kind of hammers out or distracts you from. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's you, you really, you hit it on the head when you said intentions, right? It's sort of, the, those will guide the medicine to where you're going. And, and a lot of people in my generation are like, oh, yeah, well, you know what? Well, I, I tried that once in college, and I had a really horrible, horrible experience. And I always ask them a couple of questions. I go, well, how much did you do? And the Tuesday, go, I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's, a, that's problem number one. What were your intentions? Well, I didn't really have any intentions. I just ate them. Well, then that's a much bigger, bigger problem because that's when, that's when you can open up – 
mind manifesting is what psychedelic is about, right? Your mind's going to manifest things that are potentially there that you need to deal with, that you might not want to deal with and face. And it just opens it up, so that's that potential. Um, my, my wife has this adage that she says, look, it's not going to take you to Nightmare on Elm Street. It's not going to take you to Freddy Krueger's house. It's not going to take you to, you know, <laughs> Jurassic Park. Um, it's going to take you to your own demons. It's going to take you to your own demons. And are you ready? Are you ready to see them? Are you ready to sort of... I Sometimes had, those may be as startling as Freddy Krueger's house. Well, at least the first it, time you turn the 180 to look at it again. If it was true. You know, a few years ago or who knows how long. It's it, But it's when you face them, right? It's when you're able to really sit with them and analyze, okay, what is this? Where does it go? I've had... I, I, before, I, I just came back from Jamaica, um, but before that trip to Jamaica, I have had three macro doses. I had one on my birthday, um, which I tell people, the podium of my life, obviously the birth of my children, that's just top. Right? Nothing compares to that. Second, meeting the love of my life after the age of 50. It's just something beautiful that's happened to me in my life. And then that macro dose on my birthday, November 16th of last year, because it was it was it was profound. It was it was transformative in many ways. It showed me a lot of things that I needed to see. It it showed me, you know, some childhood trauma that was holding me back. Right, that fear of, that fear of punishment, that fear of failure, that fear of consequences if something's done wrong, would hold me back from doing things that maybe I could do in my life. But it was that fear that was holding me back. And it, there was a lot of there was a lot of really beautiful messages in that first journey but because I went with intentions right I wanted to know what held me back I wanted to know what I need to do next I needed to know so I, I gave the medicine a roadmap of what I was looking for and I really sat there purposely with those intentions to find out what I wanted now the one I had about uh, three months ago was incredibly incredibly challenging but the message afterwards was profound because again I went with intentions. Okay, where do we take cultivating wisdom next? Like, what's going to happen next? What do I need to do to really take this to the next level? And Rob, I'm not going to lie to you. The journey was four hours of me living as a cancer patient on his deathbed. Like, I was, I was dying. I was fearful. I was, I was yeah. Ugh. I was, yeah. I was looking at death. I was feeling mm-hmm. like I was going to die any second. And the overlying right. message was, look, guy. Here's the situation. You've started this business, right? You, you've got it off the ground, right? You have some recognition, but you're not working out anymore. You know what I mean? Your, your workouts have become, oh, you know, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. You know, I'll work out tomorrow, right? Your eating regimen has gone to the crapper. You know what I mean? So, you know what? I'm working, so I'll just eat whatever. And just eat it. It just doesn't matter. So, if you don't take care of yourself, right? Like all this wonderful work you're doing, you're not going to be around to see it. You're not going to be around to live it and see it. And anything you did before now to get you sick, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. But moving forward, there's a whole bunch you can do to make sure that you're not sick. So as challenging, as challenging as that journey was, the message at the end was like, yeah, that's right. Hello, is that what I want? Is that what I want to be? Is that where I want to end up? No. So... Each one of those, I think each journey with intentions, right, with intentions can be incredibly profound and can incredibly transformative. And I'm also a believer that we're always healing. We're never perfect. Nobody's ever perfect. That we're, that we're good, that we're good in this moment. Yes, we are. You know what I mean? We're, we're blessed. 
that finish exactly. line is always moving with every victory, right? With every correct. Uh, correct. Every next win. There's also another phrase on it, like the hedonic treadmill. Like whatever you're doing, you eventually just feel like this is normal or this is this isn't enough. Yeah. So you, there's another perfection, that yep. next uh, plateau, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's you know, there's always chance for healing. There's always potential for healing, and 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 psychedelics can really be a great part of that because, like I said, we're 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 going through a lot. We're a society that's that has a lot going on. My generation, especially my generation, you get you get to fifty. Right, you get to 50 and you realize, look, there's 50 behind me. I'm sure there's not 50 in front of me. Right? Because at 40, it's like there's 40 behind me. I could live to 80. My mom lives to 80. You know what I mean? I could, I could live to 80. I still got 80. You know what I mean? But at 50, you're like, wait a minute. 50 that way. There's not 50 this way. And you're like, okay, wait mm-hmm. a minute. My buddy James, who's 53, he just passed away. Or this dude that's whatever, right. he just lost his job. Or this guy, whatever, his kids just took off and he's never going to see them again. So it's like we're, we're in this situation where it's like, ah, we're unbalanced, right? We're unbalanced. And we live in this world that it's like either we're living in the depression of the past, right? We're sort of so much living in the past. Like so ruminating on it, right? If I could have done this, main problem. Why, did, why did this happen to me? Why did that happen to me? If this and that. And, and that's just an open door to depression. You're opening the door to depression. Or you're living in that fear of the future, What's going to happen? And am I going to lose my job? And am I going to get cancer? And am I going to, what's going to happen, you know, next week? And it's like, that's just anxiety, right? Because like I tell people, look, you can't be anxious about the past. because It's already happened. And you can't There's be nothing depressed. there, to, nothing there to do anymore. It's kind of exactly. bringing in some stoicism to that exactly. angle, right? Yeah. You know, you can only control what's within your circle of control right now. That's it. That's <laughs> it. And you can't be depressed about the future because it hasn't happened. How can you be depressed about something that hasn't happened, you know? Right. So it's like... At times easier said than done, but definitely. that's the logic you want to find in, in psychedelia and in Zen and stoicism. I think there's, a co- there's common tenets running throughout those, those thoughts. It's, it's all, to me, it's all about living in the now. And realizing that the only beautiful moment that exists right this moment is this conversation you and I are having. Other than that, there's nothing else. What I did an hour before, that's gone. What I'm going to do an hour from now, I don't know. I can sort of, whatever. So it's once, once as humans we realize that, okay, wait a minute. What is around me at this moment? What do I have? I have my health. I have my loved ones. I have, you know, look for what you have and not what you don't have and appreciate those things. And again, Microdosing has really helped me to do that. I don't know, and people have asked me, you know, Caesar, what would have happened to you if psychedelics wouldn't have found them, you when they did? And I was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, I could have fallen down as keep, as as, keep as running as, out of steam, huh? Exactly. With the addiction I was dealing with, it could have been bad. It could have been a situation where I could have completely gotten lost, and then just. But no. Instead, the universe said, "Wait a minute, guy. I got something for you." And we're going to close this 25-year chapter, and that's going to be in the past. And we're going to open up this new chapter where you're going to live right now. You're not going to live in, you know, where's cultivating wisdom going to be, you know, 20 years from now or 10 years from now? Or are we going to have enough bills to get marketing? Or we, No, which is right now, which is this, is this is where we live at this very present moment. And when you're able to do that, when you're able to really sort of extract time from, from your daily life, you, you can live a really beautiful, beautiful, beautiful life. Right, and really a, a kind of appreciating that, that world that was all around you. Um, similar to, like, David Foster Wallace has a graduation speech about um, water 
and uh, and there's like two fish swimming past each other and one asks the other like how's the water and the other's like what what water and it's just like more like realizing that like what you're swimming through all of the time and like the beauty that uh, the chance of your life or like the probability of all of this existing mm-hmm. or the minuteness of it compared to like the scale of the universe and like universe. all that stuff, man, just being more tuned into it, I think is it's grounding and it's calming, right? There's a lot of, uh, of goodness to be found there. I mean, and without psychedelia, I mean, that's what Zen is trying to accomplish. I feel with meditation and with drawing that awareness. Um, and it's not that psychedelia is a, is a cheat code, to achieving that, but I do think it might show people a little bit. It kind of like raises the window, yeah. like, hey, yeah. look, this is kind of what you could be getting towards, or these are the emotions that that you should be striving for. Um, I don't know, things like that. I really, um, I kind of, when I found psychedelics, it was a really a party scene, for lack of better words, but I would be kind of like lost in my own thoughts. I wouldn't I was not partying anymore. You know, it was like, yeah, this is, yeah. I got to sit down with this. I need to find yeah. a pen. I need to be somewhere quieter. Like I don't want to meet strangers or talk or dance. Mm-hmm. Like I want to work on this, you know? And I think that drew me more towards the microdosing side and kind of Beautiful. eventually into Zen and, and trying to meditate, which is so hard. Um, <laughs> even just yeah. five to 10 minutes a day, man, I feel like it, it's a practice that's just a, a takes a lifetime. It, it does, it does, and, 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 and I'm, I'm glad you talked about meditation um, because it's, it's, it's part of the, it's another tool, right? Microdosing is just a tool, right? It's just a tool in the toolbox. It's not, that is not the, 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 the one tool fits all, right? It's not, right. It's, it's, it's one of the tools. Meditation is another tool, right? That, again, that ability to just disconnect, dis- and whether, like you said, whether it's a minute, whether it's five minutes, whether it's ten minutes, whether it's an hour, right? That ability to oh, really if you can make it an hour with just your thoughts <laughs> passing by. Wow. That's yeah, and <laughs> yeah. you know what? It's 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 there, and there's people that can. I think like everything, it's a practice. You have to practice to get there. I you know I just came back from Jamaica and I'm realizing that my, my meditation practice has to be a lot better. And and it yes, was funny, I someone, want to hear about this Jamaican journey of yours. Yeah, definitely. I definitely want to share that story because it was it was wow, like like mind blowing. Um, but someone said, look. It's very easy to lose in your thoughts, and the easiest thing to do is just concentrate on your breath. Just concentrate on the breathing. Just right there. Just, just concentrate. Only think about your breathing. Only think about your breathing until, again, you can sort of feel that. And it's, um, there's a great book um, by Dr. Joe Dispenza, How to Break the Habit of Being Yourself. And he talks about that. He talks about disconnecting from your body. Okay? Interesting. Yeah. Disconnecting from your elements. Okay? And disconnecting from time. And that's what meditation is, right? You're, you're disconnecting from everything. And when you're able to do that, when you're able to sort of disconnect from what's going on, you come out with a much clearer vision, right, of what's going on because you, you're not sitting there in all those thoughts because it's, it's the, human, the human brain is, is an incredible machine, but it's also, it could be our worst enemy. It can literally be our worst, worst, worse than any other enemy we can face in the world. Nothing worse than ourselves. It's, it's kind of than... working to undermine, even if you don't, even if you don't realize it, or if you don't acknowledge that, mm-hmm. it seems like mm-hmm. it's, the potential is there if you give in to those thoughts or, uh, or let it be there. Exactly. And, and, and the adage is, does the brain control you or do you control the brain? Right? There's this crazy theory that from uh, Homo Deus, a book uh-huh. by, um, Harari, I think Harari is the last name. And it's more, 
and he's saying that uh, one idea is that consciousness and like you is is maybe just the exhaust of the brain and the machinery that's mm. actually running the car. And like, uh-huh. thinking about it like that, it's pretty wild on the, yeah, on the psychedelic front with what you're really addressing or who the you is. Who the you is, yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> that's true, that's, that, that is true. That's a, that's a great analogy. That's a, that's a great analogy. And that's, again, consciousness is the most beautiful thing that can exist for the human, right? When you're not your thoughts, but you're your conscious, right? When you can stand outside and go, okay, wait a minute, why am I thinking this way? What is it that triggers me to think this way? You can, you can take a step back, right? You can take a step back because if not, then that mind is just constantly going and one thought leads to another, that leads to another, that leads to another, that leads to another. And it's not, it's, it's not the conscious that's saying, okay, wait a minute, let's, let's look at this logically. Let's look at this where this is. So right. it's, it's about consciousness and I think that's what it does, that awakening, that psychedelics awaken people to be more conscious, right? To be more conscious about themselves, to be more conscious about the world around them, to be more conscious and cognitive about what's what's going on about people's feelings and I go back to the thing empathy if there's one thing that's that, that, that that's so so prevalent now not not that I wasn't empathetic before right but I have a better sense of of, of, of listening and hearing other people's feelings and having the other people feel seen right I, I think that if, if we could do that as humans that it's not about me about us but just connecting just, with others even yeah. yeah yeah and it's 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 it's, it's beautiful um you know sort of to, to, to sidetrack to my trip to jamaica that was what that was about it was this connecting with other people i was fortunate enough to be invited to a a, a new retreat that's being started um and it's being started by someone who is in the jamaican government someone who's a psychologist who's a wonderful wonderful amazing doctor and one of the top mycologists in Jamaica. Um, he cultivates, uh, I'd say, the mushrooms for half of the retreats in Jamaica. So he's got this beautiful strain of mushrooms. And I was invited down there for four days of um, intense, some intense therapy. And because I was an invite, I wasn't there, um, you know, seeking this. It was, it, was, it was sort of the universe put this in my lap. Um, yeah. And yeah. not realizing that it, that it put it in my lap when I most needed it, when I most ever needed it. It was amazing because I went down there with the sense of like, okay, why am I here? Like, what, what's my purpose here? What am I? Like, I guess, you know what, hopefully, you know, the idea of me promoting the remote, the, the retreat a bit, it's, it's nice. I like that. But what's, what's, you know, what's, why am I here? And, and the retreat is a really high intense, high dosage retreat. I mean, it's, it's, they want you to work. They want you to work deep and they want you to work. And in hindsight, I, uh, before going down to the retreat, I was falling into a bit of a, of a, of a self-trap, right? Of a self-trap of, you know, as, as, a, as a brand new entrepreneur. I mean, I was a sailor on a ship for all my life. You know what I mean? I was, uh, if they needed me to mop, I mopped. If they needed me to fish, I fished. I if they needed to me, right. whatever, that's what I did. And now I'm the captain of my own ship. And I got to sort of worry about the sailors and I got to worry about the fish and I got to worry about the bow and I got to worry about so many things that there was moments where I was becoming just overwhelmed with it, like overwhelmed to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to sleep. I'm just going to go to sleep and maybe tomorrow I'll deal with it. You know, I'm just going to go to sleep. And I was waking up going, oh, you know what? I got to deal with this. I got to go, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll just sleep an hour more and I'll wake up. And then, so I, was, I, was, I was literally sleeping through life, right? Um, you know, knowing that, you know, I have this mission and people believe in it and it's, it's whatever, but those self-doubts, can I do this? Am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to sort of, 
know, see this through. Why aren't we here? You know, why aren't we here? Why are we here? Why don't we have so many followers? Why don't we, uh, you know, why don't I have so many clients? Why is there more t-shirts being purchased? Why, why, why? And, and that created self-doubt. So when I go to Jamaica, I don't realize that that's the reason why I'm there, to deal with these self-doubts. And <laughs> Just address it head on. Exactly. And, and the first day, the first day, um, the doctor prescribes four grams of psilocybin. Um, again, with these special sacred sun mushrooms, which are, again, really mm. divine. And, and I start all of a sudden like dealing with that with like, why, like what's holding me back? And that's a big upswing you know, when those four is, hit at once. Oh, why is this? Why, like, where are these fears coming from? And I went back to childhood trauma of, you know, being in a closet hiding and, and, and being back there and, you know, sort of. Again, being scared to sort of open the door and being outside of the closet and being fearful and just, you know, not really going. And, and I'm asking myself, like, why can't I be disciplined? Like, why can't I be disciplined to work another hour? Why can't I be disciplined to wake up and get out of bed and start to do this thing? And, and Doc was really smart. The doctor was incredibly smart because she's one of these people who will listen to you, right? And then she's just going to pose one or two questions for you and then she'll leave the room. Kind of let so, you think on that, like a exactly, Cohen. exactly. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to solve your problems for you. You got to solve them for you. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not in your head. You're in your head. And, and she, she was, you know, coming to the adage. Well, what is discipline? And discipline is holding off your future. In other words, not doing something that makes you happy right now to be happy later, right? So, what discipline needs you to work? But you know, instead, I'm just going to go do this, and we're going to go off. I'm going to get see who's on TikTok, and I'm see who's on Twitter, and I'm see because it's going to make me happy right now. But is that going to eventually make you happy? No, it's not. That's not the goal. The goal is right now. So she worked with me that first day. It was it was, it was really beautiful. The second day, she says, "I really need you to go real deep, like real, real deep." And she has me sit with six grams, and and Rob, it was it was an incredible roller coaster of everything it was it started with me sitting in bed and and my my ego my ego saying dude you want to go to sleep go to sleep go to sleep go to sleep because if you go to sleep you don't have to worry about your bills you don't have to worry about your problems you don't have to worry about if this happened or that happened just go to sleep and how poetic if you do it here in jamaica just go to sleep here and of course then that 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 good ego is like wait a minute hold on a second bro you got children and stuff you got i mean just let's think this out let's really think this out and the other ego would come back and go yeah but you're not worthy i mean what dude really you're gonna see this through i mean come on it's sort of that's not and 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 i came back i sort of i doc came in and i talked to her about what was going on and all she said was if that's the case then what's your legacy and not your legacy for the people around you what's your legacy for you what do you leave for yourself? And it was like, wait a minute, yes. And someone at the retreat was having really difficult situations, right? They were having, they were dealing with really big demons. And in all of this, and me listening and hearing this other person dealing with this situation, something inside of me says, what are you dealing with? What is, seriously, what is, what are you, what are you, some self-doubt? Is that, is that what's holding you back? This little person on your shoulder saying, I'm not sure if you can do it. Of course you can do it. Of <laughs> course you can do it. Oh, yes. As long as you wake up. And you know what? As long as you believe in yourself, as much as other people believe in you, when you talk to people, you give people hope, right? To believe in themselves and to do themselves. But you're not looking at yourself in the mirror when you're talking to them. 
you're talking to them and not really sort of seeing yourself. And it was crazy because, like, at that moment, I, like, ran out of my room and I jumped in the pool and I dive across to the other side. And as I come out the other side, it was almost like I was being reborn. It was like I was being baptized. Like, wait a minute. Of course. How could I not believe in myself? How could I not be present for myself? How can I not see what other people see? And you just got to face the challenges. But you got to believe in yourself. Because once you believe in yourself, once you, once you think act and behave like it's already happened, then there's no doubts. Then there's no doubts whatsoever because you're already there. You're already there. There's no sense in doubting it because you've already done it. You know, so if you think that way, then that's what's going to happen. And it was, it, was a, it, was, it was a great breakthrough on that, on that second day. The third day um, at the Celestine retreat, um, they take you down. They, they have you go and plant uh, a tree in Jamaica, which I thought was beautiful. I thought that was it awesome. was a beautiful, yeah. beautiful touch to sort of you leave a piece of yourself in Jamaica as Jamaica's helping you heal. And then there you dose and then you take a hike down to this place they call the Source. And the Source is this amphitheater. People, people if, you, if, you, if you get to go to my, my Instagram account, uh, cultivating.wisdom, you'll see some pictures. It's this beautiful amphitheater of bamboo trees. It's just, it's just it's, it's beautiful. And then it's carved out this space and the bamboo leaves have fallen. It's this sort of like brownish light brown carpet on the ground of leaves and this beautiful rare that's washing by and they take you down there um so you're down there you you, you hike down in the day and then night comes and as night comes like these millions of fireflies come upstream and they just illuminate oh. the whole place so it's like wow. it's like this enlightenment yeah. right this enlightenment of situations but it was funny because again i'm i'm sitting now with three days of medicine right my body's and I'm and I'm and I did like work like healing like I was you know I was on the other side but as I'm sitting there I'm tired and I'm starting to go to sleep I'm starting to go to sleep and my conscience is like what did I tell you wake the f up already you're missing all of this when else might you have this opportunity to be here again and then when else might you have the opportunity in life to do these things again so wake up like really really wake up and I was like, you know what? That's, that's so true. That's so true. And it just so happens that the fourth day, you have the option of continuing to do your work, you know what I mean, and sit with some more medicine. Or you can just hang out at the retreat and get a massage and do some yoga and enjoy the pool and enjoy the beauties of Jamaica. It's all, they leave it up to the individual. I was lucky enough, and the universe put it in my path, that two of the people that were at the retreat with me serve 5-MeO-DMT. So 5-MeO-DMT, for people that don't know, is DMT that comes from frog venom. There's these frog, right. Toads, right. I'm sorry, not frogs, toads. These toads live uh, in parts of New Mexico. In Mexico, they extract, uh, they secrete uh, from one of the glands of the toad the venom. They don't take all of it. You know what I mean? Obviously, they, at least if you're, if you're using medicine that's, that's procured the right way. And then it's crystallized, and then you smoke it. Um, I had never sat with DMT. Um, obviously like any other psychedelic i mean the, the the phrase that was coined is fathom hell or be angelic take a pinch of psychedelic so it's sort of there's always that fear of like okay mm -hmm. if i try this psychedelic is something crazy going to happen am i going to sort of and i was fortunate enough that the, the people that i were with angel and kara were these beautiful human beings with so much love with so much care and they guided me the right way that I felt so safe. I felt totally open. I felt 
I knew what I was going to do. I went in there present for what was going to happen. And Rob, let me tell you, wow, wow. Blasted off, what, all right. What, a, what an amazing, 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 amazing experience. <laughs> it's crazy if you see the pictures in my Instagram, there's a picture where I'm sitting there meditating, and that was before the journey. Mm-hmm. And it's just these lush trees, these lush jungle in front of me. And as I'm inhaling the medicine and Kara's behind me, she's lifting my arms and an and, 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 and angel who's serving me, it says, I'm going to count to 15. When I get to 10, I'm just blasted off. Into Already the through the shoulders. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right here. Yeah. Boom. And I'm blasted off into that jungle, right into that vast jungle of endless bounty, of endless affirmations and i'm hearing everything i'm hearing every single thing that's in that jungle every insect every bird every animal that's moving through the bushes every sense of wind i'm seeing every hue of almost a stillness but yet so much going on right it was like an 8d it was like an eight dimensions and i couldn't believe it and i'm sitting there going like wow and all i can hear was like all this bountiful is yours like all of this is endless is yours your opportunities it's endless, it's endless, it's endless. It's just like this jungle and it just seemed forever and it went, the jungle went on forever. And there was this beautiful moment where, okay, I, I'm, I'm a bit offline. I, I end up laying down and someone who was there, Doc, the doctor that was there, she somehow, something tells her, go to the river. And she runs to the river and she gets like a little handful of water. And by the time she gets to me, it's almost all gone. But she takes the water and she puts some on my forehead Rob, it was like they were literally washing my brain of all negative thoughts, of all doubts. They were just washed away. They were cleansed from my brain. Like they were just taken out of there. And then she sits there and she puts some of the water in my mouth. And I swear it was like I tasted love and I tasted happiness and I tasted success and I tasted compassion and I tasted empathy and I tasted all the beautiful things that are in life. And it was almost like it also washed away any negative taste, any sour taste that I had. And I'm overcome by the sense of beauty of myself, of believing in myself, of opening my heart to everything that's possible and all the potentials that life has to give me. And as I finally come awake, I'm awakened and I'm looking up in this bamboo amphitheater and it's just this beautiful green lush and the sun's coming through. And all I can hear is like, all of this is yours. This whole universe, it's all yours. You're a small part of it, but it's all yours. If you believe in yourself, it's going to be amazing. And I was like, you know what? That's why I came to Jamaica. That's why I had to come to Jamaica. And it was crazy, (laughs) Rob, because as we were flying back to Atlanta that day, the next day, I'm sorry, um, about 20 minutes before we land, the pilot says, I'm going to need everybody to really strap in because we're going to hit some bumpy, bumpy turbulence. We're going to hit some major Oof. storms yeah that was and just the recent storms over on the east side correct correct and as we're going through these storms and everyone's praying to whatever god they believe in and everyone's holding on to their loved ones i was the only one sitting there with my hands on my chest going oh yes if this is the way it is this is the way it is this is so beautiful this is this is, exactly. this is the way it is this is how life is and if i don't enjoy every single moment in life even with the potential of the end of my life, then I'm not being happy. I'm not being happy. So it's it's Yeah, that sounds like a quite an experience you've had there. I know was, that the yeah, the a DMT experience can be uh 
a pivot in, in people's lives, right? There's the before and the after. Mm. Um, and that's, that's great to have the folks to serve in that way and to kind of give you that experience as well as kind of nurture and, and cater to you mm-hmm. as um, um, working through that can be, can be stunning. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and I definitely, if, if anyone is out there and their childhood curiosity is poked out about DMT, I, w- I would definitely suggest to please be with someone who's caring be with someone who's loving. Be with someone who's going to be there for you. Be with someone who makes you feel safe. I, I, and after my personal experience, I've talked to people and asked them, and you know, people who've had bad experiences with DMT who have been served. It's not they they, they did themselves. They've been served. The question is always like, did you have a connection with who was serving you? And they're like, oh no, the you know the facilitators were great. They they knew what they were doing. And I was like, no, that wasn't the question question is, did you have some type of connection? Did you feel something with the person that was serving you the medicine? And most of the time it's like, oh, no, 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 really, it sort of came, you know, they talked, they sort of told us, and then they served us the medicine. It was like, for me, the fact that, again, I was lucky enough to be able to almost live with these people and have them become my family for three days before they said, okay, let's sit down and have this journey. So built that sense of community that's kind of necessary yeah. for that mm-hmm. uh, that ritual, right, or Ex- that approach. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, 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 so the the lesson is, or at least the message is, you know, it's it's an incredibly powerful medicine, incredibly incredibly powerful medicine. Make sure you're in the right setting, and that setting comes with having someone who's going to offer up a really safe container and make you feel loved, make you feel cared about, make you feel seen make you feel seen before you blast off because it, it'll make the experience much, much more beautiful. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's a, a very elegant way to, to wrap up the show here, Caesar. I want to thank you again for, for jumping on and, and, and talking shop and really diving into you know, psychedelia and you know, the potential benefits of psilocybin and, and kind of how you're trying to advocate for that through cultivating wisdom. I think there's a a lot of goodness around the corner here with what you're bringing to the table. Where can our listeners find more about you and, and the business? Definitely a couple of places. So obviously social media, cultivating.wisdom on Instagram. That's, that's our sort of bigger, bigger platform. Um, you know, caesarmarin.net is, is, is my personal page for to help people heal and to guide people uh, to find a, a, a good microdosing protocol and a good microdosing practice. Um, so we're there. Uh, cultivatingwisdom.net is the apparel brand. I would love and be honored to offer uh, your listeners and anyone that follows you a discount of 20%. We're going to go APT13. If you go uh, promo code APT13, you can get a 20% discount um, with, with all the apparel. It, it, it's a lot of fun stuff. It's you know stuff that says psychedelic, you know, psilocybin changed my life. We have a wonderful one that says talks about much love. Um, so, so please check out the store. If you see anything that sort of talks to you, please... We would love for you to rock our gear and tag us, and maybe we'll get you another discount for other future purpose, purchases. So, so yeah, there's, there's definitely tap in, definitely reach out, definitely, you know, I have a, I have a, a nice, wonderful community. I was lucky enough, and again, I'm, I'm going to end this on, on a story of what affirmations, what asking, and what really believing in yourself does, right? So when I come back from Jamaica, I'm like, okay, this is going to change, and I had applied for something that asked me how many followers I had at the time. And I said, well, I, I have like 2,500 followers. Um, and, you know, they said, okay, great. And, and, and it was part of me that was like, you know what? I, I want to get to at least 10,000 followers. I would love to get to 10,000 followers. 
let me sort of manifest. Let me sort of see what I can do. You know what I mean? It's sort of organically. Let's sort of, let's grow this, see what it goes. A friend who I, someone who I befriended on, on, on Instagram, who was a holistic healer. She's a beautiful, beautiful person um, from the States. She now lives in Mexico. Um, and she's got 300,000 followers, people who really believe in her healing properties and what she does and who she is. And she's just, she has this wonderful nonprofit foundation. And I was like, oh, you know what? I would love for you to share something in mind. And we become, again, we become sort of soul brothers and soul sisters and, and really enjoy each other's, um, each other's content and, and just each other's presence. Um, and I, I was like, look, I would love for you to sort of, you know, post something that I do and, you know, I mean, just, you know, just give some love back and, you know, it would be awesome. And she said, Cesar, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I respect my followers too much. And there's too many people who are, you know, dark actors on the Internet. So I just ask that people are verified, right? Because that way people feel more comfortable, right? That, in, that, 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 that whatever platform it is has verified who you are. And if I'm following you, it's not like you're going to scam me. You're going to rip me off. You're going to offer me something, whatever. So I was like, you know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. And I got verified. Which part of me was like, you know what, at least validates, validates who I am, right? It sort of, it's, it's, it validates where I'm going. She, I posted something about her, and then she reposted, not even something that I did, but something that I reposted about her. And next thing I knew, I had 15,000 new followers from her. You know what I mean? And it was like, okay, that was the power of me manifesting and me believing that I could get to 10,000 followers because then I could take actions of how I can do that. How can I do that? Where are my connections? Okay, where's my connections? Let me sort of lean to them. Hey, I lean to you and all of a sudden it happened. It was, that's again, that's the power of believing in yourself, right? Believing in yourself, believing in manifesting things that you want to happen in your life. They could potentially happen. It's sort of the, the, the book that I talked about, the Dr. Joe Dispenza book, talks about quantum physics and how everything could potentially happen is out there already. It's out there. You just have to make it happen. Beautiful way to wrap up the show. Appreciate it, Caesar. We'll talk again soon. Rob, thank you so much. Much love to you. Much love to all your followers and all your listeners. May they all um, enjoy life. May they all continue to cultivate their own wisdom. That's what it's about. Let's set these buffet tables of wisdom so we cultivate a better future for all of us and keep spreading much love let's just keep writing that mushroom love buffet indeed with an ice cream bar yes please Thank you for listening to the Apartment 113 podcast. For more information about the show, along with our services and courses, visit apt113.com. We offer cannabis software product management, cannabis education courses, and freelance writing. With over a decade of experience in the cannabis industry, Apartment 113 is here to help.